Where are you from, miss? I am from Sacramento, California. And for all of the people who have never been to Sacramento and don't know much of anything about it other than the Kings, uh, what what's Sacramento like? It's pretty. I mean, the area that I grew up in Sacramento is pretty, like, well, boring in my opinion. It's very, um, you know, small, small town feel. Um, yeah, that's the best way I could describe it. It's just small town feel, not much really happening. Yeah, that, that's always been an interesting thing to me is, you know, people from places, um, you know, because obviously Sacramento is a large uh, place from what I understand. So you have obviously the pocket that you're from and it, it never fails to amaze me how Ifan Orisha kind of find their way to people that are in these kind of environments. So um, being from said area, you know, how do you uh, begin to realize, you know, or find out about Ifa, Orisha and Santeria? Oh, well, um, it's a little bit of a, it's an interesting story. So um had no idea about Ifa or Santeria or anything like that. Um, I actually just, it kind of happened. It wasn't by chance, but in my mind at that time, it was by chance. Um, so um, this was during the pandemic and um, I happened to like just, Honestly, I just happened to go across your videos and I was watching your videos and um, you just sounded like you knew what you were talking about <laughs> and you and you do. <laughs> and so I was just like watching all your videos and this was before your, you know, your channel blew up the way it is now, you know, and congratulations again for that. Thank but you. like I was just watching them and I was just like listening to what you were saying and I was like, oh, wow, this, you know, this guy you know, what he's saying has me so interested in what he's saying. And it just sounds true, true. And it sounds like something that I want to give a chance to, um, particularly your um, counsel, um, consult, consultation video. Sorry. Um, I was just like, oh, I've never had an EFA consultation before. And, you know, why not? I've had other, you know, tarot readings and other readings before, but I've never given this a shot. So let's just let's just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're living in a wild time within our spirituality and practice where um, that seems to be the reiterated fact is, you know, the way we break things down makes it so digestible that, you know, people at least want to, you know, go through that initial process with us, at least to begin um, their journey. You know, it, and mind you, you were somebody that you took your time, you did things correctly, you know, knowing you now you're very analytical um, what was it about Ifan Orisha that really, you know, what was the message behind it that really struck you that caused you to say, hey, I'd like to know more about this spirituality and what it has to offer? You know, what was the concept? Um, I guess tapping into something that was nature based. Um, so I'm from Sacramento, but I was living in um, San Francisco for a while because I was attending school there. And um, I would constantly, you know, be at the ocean all the time, as much as I could be at, you know, when I was on the weekends, when I wasn't in school. And I just would sit there and um, I would just be by myself and I would bring, you know, offerings to the ocean. And um, I don't know, I just kind of took advantage of the fact that I was in the Bay. And um, I think that was definitely a part that um, 
drawed me into um, Santeria and Ifa. Um, but also, you know, like, I guess this is more so now, kind of like as I'm learning, um, the whole concept of just um, growing and being a better person um, or trying to be a better person. Um, and, you know, having these stories um, and these lessons that could really help you and guide you, even if it hasn't anything necessarily to do with you, like, you know, maybe it has nothing to do with your reading. I mean, obviously listen, listen to the patakis of your reading, but more so like just even when I listen to your podcast now and I'm listening to all the patakis you're talking about and a lesson is being told, like that's might not be specifically for me, but that's something that everybody could just learn from in general. So I think that's what makes um, Ifa and, and Santeria so beautiful. Definitely. I mean, Ifan Orisha is a personalized religion. That's why we have our sign. But at the same time, you know, we can learn so much from each other's signs and each other. You know, there's lessons and, uh, you know, various, you know, combinations that might not be your own, but definitely can apply. And you also see a bunch of them that, you know, speak of common themes as well um, between them. You know, Ifa says that for a concept to be stipulated, it has to be expressed at least within three Odus. So it, they kind of all bind us together. Um, as, as one would say now, ethnically, um, you know, what are you, where's your family from, you know, as far as your background, you know, before Sacramento? Um, I am Puerto Rican and African American. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, my family's from New York. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like where my roots are. Nice, nice. Now, mind you, my family's from Brooklyn as well. And, um, it's a very spiritual place. Um, New York in general, I mean, you look at the, uh, the immigrancy that, you know, has, has arrived there, especially from the Caribbean, you know, me being part Puerto Rican as well, um, and Cuban, um, you, you saw a huge influx of our beliefs and, and things penetrate into the boroughs. Um, you know, did you have any experiences or see anything kind of growing up or get an idea of, hey, we're not just church going people when you were younger, or was it more, you know, monotone? No, I mean, really, as far as Ifa and Santeria goes, um, you know, the family that I grew up with, we were completely um, disconnected from that. Um, and it wasn't until after I received my hand of Ifa that, like, things started kind of coming out, um, particularly with my mom. She started, um, I remember, so when I got and I did my hand of Ifa, I didn't tell anybody because I just didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't because I knew that people were just going to think I'm crazy because they're like, girl, you're going across the country to do a ceremony with people you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even want to go into that conversation. I was like, no, I need to do this. I need to do this. And um, I was like, as I'm on the plane home, <laughs> after the fact, I was like, dang, how am I going to like, because I live with my mother as well. And I'm like, how am I going to tell her? Like, she's going to see all these things and see me do all these things. And now I'm like, what? And so I was super nervous. Um, and, you know, I was like, hey, this is what I did, what I was actually doing <laughs> in Florida. And um, yeah. And then she was like, yo, like, you know, this is something that when I was a little girl, you know, our, you know, our family members were initiated in and done. So she wasn't surprised. She wasn't upset or anything like that. She was just like, okay, like this is something I kind of am familiar with. So it's like in it's in my blood. It's just was you know, it just had 
maybe for yeah for a generation it just stopped and that's actually a pretty common tale because you know um when people you know like our ancestors started coming from the caribbean or wherever they're from to this country they wanted us to be as american as possible you know they wanted us to be accepted um they didn't want us to be ostracized so you know certain aspects of our culture that were ethnic um were kind of muted um to be able to help us assimilate into this society but now people such as ourselves are really trying to go back because it, it's incredible how people feel that call or they feel something missing you know and and it really motivated you to come across the country and i, I recall um, even speaking with Miss Boroye and just, you know, really commending the courage of someone such as yourself to, you know, come from all the way on, on the West Coast to visit us here in Orlando. And um, at that point, I really knew that our organization was expanding and things were taking off a little bit more because, you know, um, I had the, the privilege of living in Miami and receiving from my godfather who lived in Miami when I did my hand of Ifa. Um, so for someone such as yourself to come or any of your God siblings as well who have come from, you know, California or around the world at this point, um, it, it was nothing um, short of humbling. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really incredible how even after a generation, you could feel called back and then things start coming out. Things start becoming revealed because, you know, it's it can be scary, you know, especially when there's things we haven't said to our children that we don't know if they're ever going to interact with or not. That's the trauma that we went through when we uh, immigrated into this land. So, you know, um, it's a very common tale and you're, you're part of a wave now that's happening where people want to really know who they are and who were we um, before Abrahamic faiths. So, you know, nothing but commendable to you and, and your Odu speaks of it as well. And, you know, I have a question, you know, as um, as a woman, as an Afro-Latina woman um, in, you know, in, in Afro-Latin, African descendant faith, um, how has your experience been? You know, have you been able to kind of delve into the community over there? You know, what has your response been from people around you? And how, how does it make you feel to, to be able to, you know, realign with, with what your ancestors, you know, practiced? I honestly haven't delved into um, the community in the West Coast. Um, yeah, I really kind of just because particularly in Sacramento, I mean, as far as I know, you know, I haven't really even branched out that much. Um, there's not a huge community here. So, I mean, I just kind of, I honestly kind of keep it with you and um, Koroye and I'm cool with that. <laughs> as far as my learning stuff. You're going, through your, stuff. Phase. You're going yeah. through your growing phase and it's important to grow. I think, you know, uh, I think uh, some people, I won't call it a mistake, but some people overextend themselves sometimes and they're like, okay, I just got my hand to be far. It's like I got, you know, an all-access pass into every drumming or every spiritual mass that can occur um, within, you know, a five-mile radius. And you really have to develop yourself and grow within that um, to, to prepare yourself. Because once you're in the arena, as I like to say, or on stage, you're exposed. Um, not so much, you know, as you performing services or whatnot at this stage, but just opening up those chakras around people that we might not know or be comfortable with necessarily um, so it, it, your, your trajectory has been, you know, very sound and, and usually that leads to a successful path. Those who try to really overstimulate too quickly, they, they end up burning out and then, you know, whatever comes from that usually isn't ideal, but, you know, being somebody that's Afro descendant and, and practicing this now, you know, how does it make you feel? You know, is it, is it satisfying? Is it fulfilling? Um, what emotions does it provide you, especially after your hand to be far? Um, 
it is satisfying. It's, it, you know, there has been a lot of um, things that have just been flowing better for me, um, particularly for, um, too, with the Spiritismo. Um, I kind of see myself being able to kind of um, allow myself to, I don't know, just be, I want to say be true. Um, be able to just be like, go to like Eshu or even go to my Boveda and just be like, hey, like this is the situation I'm dealing with or this is how, this is what it is or this is how I'm feeling. And I already kind of know that they know the truth. So it's like, I don't have to hide, you know? I don't have to, you know, be anything that I'm not. I could just be myself. And, you know, with that it also makes me, um, and I always say this, um, particularly to issue, he always keeps me on my toes. And like, he always makes sure, like he makes me um, accountable for myself. So um, yeah, that's kind of like one of like the biggest benefits um, and like how it makes me feel. It makes me just feel like, okay, like I have somewhere to confide in and I have people, like I have the Orisha and, you know, my spirits to um, trust in. I tell you, the, the relationship between one's Orishas and themselves may be the most beautiful one that we have as, as humans. Um, because it is ironic that the most accepting people that we'll have in our lives are, you know, a, a cement head, you know, in some cases, you know, where I tell people all the time, especially some clients, they come in, they're like, you know, Baba, I feel lonely. I feel like I, I this, I don't have a partner, I don't have the career I want, you know, all these other things I have pending, like I just feel like I can't express myself to anybody. And I say, you really have to invest that time and energy into what you've received. And, you know, it is very foreign, especially to us that were raised in a Western society to speak to an, an, an inanimate object um, in a way that's conversational, but this is what our ancestors did. I mean, when you look at the Odu of Oshebara, um, Orumila would, would speak to his spirit pot and, you know, pour himself out to his ancestors. And usually he would see great benefits from that. So it seems very foreign to us. It's a little scary. It feels a little weird. Um, but, you know, being able to have those resources will really help us, you know, from jumping off the deep end sometimes. I remember when I was homeless and living in a closet, um, you know, my, my issue and my warriors were right next to my head every night. And um, I'd talk to them. And I, I'd express what I was going through, my frustrations as a teenage man, um, you know, entering into young adulthood. And, you know, it's I really think it, it provided me that outlet where I was able to really converse and be understood, even though they, they never responded. So I, I empathize with that wholeheartedly. Um, Ashley, there, there's an organization um, that you're affiliated with and, you know, help coordinate, help helping coordinate and whatnot that I, I know you wanted to speak about today. And we're very interested to hear about it. I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of, you know, let us know what it is and what it stands for and, and how's it going? Yes. Um, so our organization or the organization that I work for is called Shine Together Inc. Um, so our whole focus is to help um, young moms um, to graduate either from high school and get their high school diploma, get their GED, or, you know, get their college degree. So pretty much is our whole focus is assisting young mothers to reach their education and um, also to provide any other resources that we can to make sure that they're successful and that their baby's successful. Um, just because our whole focus is like, 
we we understand that there's um you know if moms aren't graduated at minimum from high school um the likelihood for poverty is is higher so you know we want to kind of try to fill in that gap as much as we possibly can and um yeah i'm an advocate and i work with moms um one-on-one -on -one and um my whole goal is to assist them in whatever goals that they're trying to achieve um and we're trying to raise money for our organization for next year to, you know, take them out on more events and give them more resources. Well, I, I tell you, I, I, I tell you, that's a cause that, that really hits home for me. I, I think, I think the greatest resource we have as human beings um, is education. But I, I think even within that, the greatest resource we have is educated women. Um, and that's not a knock on us as gentlemen, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's intellect is to be respected, but women have, and intuition and um, just a mind and, and, and an emotional influence within their psyche that we don't always understand or comprehend. And because of it, it causes us to miss certain nuances and interactions and decisions that we make where, you know, God forbid, you know, a guy makes a decision to drop a bomb on the world. The woman might say, hey, let, let's have a conversation beforehand. And he'll be like, wow, I never really thought about that. Um, so I think it is so key um, to mold the young female mind. Me being a girl dad, um, it, it's very, very, very important to me that, that my girls, um, you know, have that preparation um, that comes with school and academics and really teaching them how to teach themselves, you know, as well. You know, it's, with academics, it's not just learning how to learn from somebody. It's learning how to learn from ourselves as well because ideally school should never end. You know, and, um, you know, those habits are really formulated in adolescence and um, it, it's very key. I think that's what separates modern society <clears throat> and um, and and progressiveness is um, women's suffrage and, and women's rights, you know, and, and, and really facilitating them to be able to realize the education that they want. Um, you know, when we look at the real definition of feminism. It is simply somebody that advocates for female equality. Um, and I tell you, when you look at all of the emotions and uh, things that a woman goes through, even physically, you know, uh, during pregnancy, conception, and ultimately childbirth, you know, at that moment, we need all of our wits, you know, because there's a lot of emotions and a lot of things that they're finding out about themselves. Um, what are some of the youngest cases we're seeing? You know, what is what is I mean, the people you're advocating for? I mean, what's the youngest case you've seen of, of, of a mother? Um, so far, I believe it's, um, I believe it's 16, 16. Yeah. I tell you, young, very young. Yeah. I mean, I look at myself at 16. I, I had my first biological child when I was 29. Um, you know, I, I got with my wife when I was 24, 25, you know, and um, I tell you, you know, it, it's, it, you, it's very, even then, you know, you're never fully ready, but, you know, at least mid-20s at that point, you know, things are settling down, hopefully, in a way where you're able to have the patience and understanding to put yourself in the back seat and um, really focus on these children. So to think about somebody that's 16 going through that, where they're still finding out who they are, and now their whole responsibility is another life, I mean, it really lets you know the importance of education and really being developed because we have to make life, you know, deciding, you know, uh, decisions ultimately, you know, uh, pertaining to this child, you know, and, um, what demographic 
are, are we seeing? Is it is it eclectic or is it where you are? Is it more of a, a certain demographic that's going through this? It's pretty, it's pretty, it varies. It, it definitely varies. Um, I do want to say though, because you made me think of, um, there's this one um, member that I work with and she actually, she's currently pregnant now and I had just started working with her and she's literally like do any, like she was do any day. So when she initially, when we were initially trying to work together, she was like, I can't, I'm like probably going to get into labor soon. I was like, cool, understand. Oh, Don't God. worry. Yeah. And but then like literally like the next week, she's like, let's let's do this. And then we met we met up with each other. And I'm like, dude, you're going to give birth, give birth in any day now. She's like, yep, yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, I'm like super proud that you're even here talking to me because I would not be here <laughs> like I would be at home. And it's like the um, I guess the tenacity and like the want to like better themselves, because I mean, ultimately, they know that they, you know, they 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 have that want you know and they they have that need to and um you see like very strong young women who just really are like hey i really need this help and regardless if i'm gonna give birth tomorrow like we gotta do this or even now like <laughs> it just it was just like i don't know it just again the girls that we like service um they want to they really do have that drive to better that better their own life you know and so i just i think that's beautiful no it really is it's the most beautiful thing i mean when we talk about estrogen and those instincts you know that just activate immediately you know you look at a young girl who's a child herself and then to completely switch into mom mode um is really incredible but it just lets you know the divinity within women and you know that's why the odu or barakasika says the greatest you know resource we have is our women right and ultimately our children and this is why they're so precious and they need to be protected and molded and invested in because our future lies within their hands um but yeah i mean to 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 switch into that mode and you know it really motivates me as a father as well to be so present in my daughter's life, my children's life as well. But with boys, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. Um, but just to be that that resource and, and be that confirmation from a masculine standpoint, because I look at so many cases, you know, um, where I'm handling clientele and, and reading and consulting, and I see this real big common theme sometimes where, you know, um, and, and both parents, obviously, mom is irreplaceable. But I, I notice that a lack of a, a positive male role model um, you know, can sometimes lead to these situations. Now, mind you, you know, dad could be in the house and, you know, somebody can get pregnant regardless, you know, I mean, things happen. But, um, you know, I noticed that, you know, it's really important if we can have both. But dad, you know, provides a huge confirmation to these young women in a positive aspect. And, you know, if they didn't have the opportunity to be able to have those confirmations from that through their education and through their, uh, their orientation within academics, they'll be able to have the wherewithal to make those decisions. And mentorship is huge. I mean, school, you know, it goes so far. I mean, a book, you know, but being able to speak to other, you know, women that are empowered and aligned and have a great head on their shoulders and are being progressive and know their value, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so key. So, you know, how, how has that been? You know, I'm sure we, we have some cases that we're starting now. We have some cases that, you know, are success stories, um, how, how gratifying has it been to see some women go through these processes and, and achieve their goals, you know, even being young mothers for you? I mean, amaz it's amazing. 
Um, I mean, you know, that is that is kind of like, you know, what our our hope and our role is, is that we want to make sure that we're, you know, we're not, you know, telling you what to do, but we're making sure that whatever it is that you need done and whatever it is that you do want to achieve, we, we are there to kind of like, I don't know, I want to say play defense, <laughs> like kind of just like make sure nobody's like, you know, stopping you from whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So it's like, that's, you know, and so when they are able to, you know, graduate from high school, or even if it's just something small, you know, like it could be a small goal, goal like, you know, getting a job, which is not really a small goal, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. things like that are always gratifying. So it is amazing. Just being able to facilitate somebody's success is, is very gratifying, you know, and regardless of what other sphere, whatever sphere you're in, but just being able to provide um, that support, you know, because you, you think about a newborn baby. I tell you, this is the greatest experience of my life. I used to think my dream was to be the, the best Baalau ever that I could be. It, it really has quickly transpired into being the best father I can be. Um, but that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of effort. I mean, you know, this thing is going to wake up at four in the morning. It's going to have a pamper that needs to be attended to. It's, it might be screaming. It might not go back to bed for another three hours. You might get one hour of sleep before your shift. This is a lot. This, if this is taxing on a, a mature body, you know, mid-20s plus, imagine an adolescent who's still growing themselves and, and needs optimum amounts of sleep. Um, you know, to be able to have that support somehow is, is it could be life-saving, you know, and, and, and postpartum um, is a very real thing. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you really you really think about that stage of life, you know, the amount of hormones that are pumping through that body already, and then, you know, we couple in pregnancy and then, you know, all these different things, that, that support system is huge, especially if there is no, you know, counterpart or partner to be able to help them through that process because, you know, it's, it's, it's very real and it's something that needs to be addressed because if we don't address it, it, um, it, 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 pro it persists and prolongs itself and it can lead to other situations. I mean, have you noticed that? Are there resources for that as well within your organization? If, you know, said young lady is like, Hey, I'm feeling under the weather mentally, you know, emotionally I'm going through this. Are, are there people that you guys can facilitate them to kind of, uh, you know, relinquish that stress with? Yes, um, there's definitely resources that we connect our moms to, um, whether it be, you know, therapy, um, whether it be group sessions, because that's also something that we conduct. Um, we try to make sure that we, um, you know, creating community amongst moms, because there is that understanding that, yeah, like you're a young mom and, you know, your friends might not be not able to relate to you because you're a mom and you're not able to hang out and you're not able to like do whatever it is that you want to do anymore because you have a baby. So we're able to have those kind of like that community. Okay. You guys are all young moms. You all might, you might be going through similar things and we want to make sure that we're able to give you that space to, to kind of express that, you know, and that's gratifying because just kind of know like, Hey, like I am going through this, the same similar thing, with you, you know, and not going through this alone. Yeah, that's epic because, you know, to be able to understand someone's journey, sometimes you got to put their shoes on, you know, so to be able to 
um, empathize and, and, and socialize with people who are in that same demographic. It, it's so key because I, I think the one thing that could possibly cause the most anxiety or fear there is loneliness, you know, when it's just you and this child and all of your obligations, you know, everyone needs that release because as human beings, we're not meant to be alone. We're actually not meant to go through things alone. Um, you know, there has to be that fraternity or sorority in this case where we're able to to uplift all those that are willing to uplift and be uplifted. Um, so I, I think that's, that's that's really elegant. You know, I ask you, you somebody um, that, that, that may choose or, or um, become a mother in the future, how has this changed your mindset possibly about not only having children but the day you possibly do? knowing how to interact and possibly avoid things or, or coax certain things, you know, just to be the best mom possible. Um, it's funny. Um, well, ex including my work, um, I actually have my um, great nephew who also lives with me. He's not here today, but he, he does live here and he's two. That's and nice. he definitely makes me like, he, he makes me want to have a kid, Loki. Um, like maybe not right right now, but like, you know, in the future, just because I do get to like, you know, connect and have him like just there and like, we like, you know, he's like my buddy. He's like my, you know, I want to say my best friend. Like he's just someone who's always wants to be with me and like, who like, just, I want to love on. So it's, you know, and it's, and I'm very protective of, and, um, you know, defensive of, <laughs> like, like, you know, I know I would, you know, give my whole for that little boy. So it's like, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. It like, it makes me emotional, <laughs> like thinking about being a mom in the future. Cause I know it's a huge responsibility. It's like one of the biggest responsibilities in life, but you know, it's, you know, it is something that I do want to do in the future. I just want to make sure it's the right, I want to be in the right space, you know, and I want to be in the right moment. And, you know, I don't know when that, when that might be. I just, I want to make sure that um, I give my kids um, all the opportunities that I can give them and um, make sure that they're in a good space and I'm in a good space for them. Well, that mindset really is the first step towards success. I mean, you know, it's funny you say, you know, the, the best friend equation with, um, you know, these, these, these little human beings, right? You know, I'll, I'll be with my daughter and we'll be around the house and whatnot. And I'll be like, oh, my God, where is she? You know, me just walking around. And then, you know, I always have this moment of enlightenment where I'm like, look right behind you. And she's right there. And it reminds me of this quote where it says, you know, be careful what you do. There's somebody always watching you, you know. And um, they really look to us to be able to have those confirmations and know what to do, you know. And um, I would say motherhood is, is the greatest accomplishment um, for those that are willing and, and able um, because our, our existence really depends upon, you know, women. Um, and, and I think it's, it's super key to what's being done on y'all's behalf because without facilitating this positive reoccurrence um, cyclically, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to see population collapse. And, and we're seeing signs of it now. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I do pay attention to what I hear. And, um, you know, you're noticing now the way things are transpiring economically, especially after COVID. Um, people are really... 
I don't know what the the procreation rates are going to be moving into the future because COVID really put us in a place of selfishness, right? Where everything was taken away from us. We want to enjoy life. Tomorrow's not promised. It it really has um, planted this anxiety within society um, where we want to be completely about us, us, us. And to a certain degree, I, I understand that. You have to enjoy life. You have to be, nothing's ever going to be perfect before kids, but you have to enjoy and you have to have at least things, uh, momentum has to have been created to where I'm making a certain amount of money. Tomorrow's been like yesterday for a certain amount of time. There's stability, my partnership, you know, all these things. Yeah, you want to have them in place. But um, it's it's really scary right now because, you know, we're looking at demographics and either people are having children much, much, much later or they're like, I'm not having kids at all. And of course, mm-hmm. this is a personal choice. Um, but, you know, my, my big thing is motivations. You know, you want to make sure motivations for whatever you choose are, are coherent. And w- what's scaring me is the idea that this false impression has been placed upon people because of said epidemic, um, debatably. And, um, you know, it's causing people to fear parenthood, you know, especially um, seeing, you know, what you guys are delving into as well. So it's it's we're in a very interesting time. And I think within 10 to 20 years, we're going to get really the conclusive answers. Um, Now, mind you, this organization, how long has it been around, Ashley? When did it really formulate? Um, as it is now, it was about two years ago. It was a different, completely different program called Teen Success prior to when it, you know, rebooted. Um, so I, I can't remember. I know that in the 1990s is when they really started, you know, doing their work, um, because they noticed that young moms were dropping out of high school and people were telling young moms to drop out of high school. Like, oh, like you can't be you can't get a degree, you have a child, like you're done. And that's just completely not true. And so that's definitely another stereotype. We truly, that's our whole thing. Like you can do whatever you want just because you have a baby doesn't mean that you can't be whoever you want to be. You know, you can have whatever goal you want. It's just gonna, it's just about adjusting. So, yeah. yeah. I I think, yeah, that is nonsensical because I tell you, if they're superhumans, it's mothers. Um, you know, I think about even my mom and my grandmother, you know, I, my grandmother would have dinner done by like 11 AM. Like she'd wake up at like four or five in the morning. She'd have the whole day ready before noon. And and then she'd be like, now my day begins. So you just think about the level of productivity and organization and accountability and, you know, really anybody's a cap, anybody's capable of it. But if, if someone is, it's definitely a mom, um, because it's, it's just a different level of, you know, accountability. Um, but, you know, I, I do recall, you know, before teen pregnancy was very, very, very prevalent. I mean, it's like you mentioned the 90s. I remember even me being in high school, a couple of the girls, you know, they, they were either pregnant, leaving senior year. Um, or, you know, I remember sometimes, you know, that I'd see them with their kids. Um, you know, within your two years, I mean, have there been any statistics or anything to come out to kind of touch on? Is the population collapse, you know, possibly some propaganda or is teen pregnancy going down as a whole? Is it going up or people having less kids, more kids? Uh, have we been able to identify any data um, with that? I'm not going to lie. I haven't been checking on the data as far yeah. as, you know, what that what the actual numbers are. Sure. But honestly, like, in my opinion, like, you know, 
girls, young women have been giving birth young for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. for, so it's not something, it's just weird to me that, you know, our society likes to make young women feel bad and, you know, feel less than because they had children when they're not supposed to quote unquote sure. and it's you know it's it's kind of ridiculous that there's a lot of you know um shame you know because I, I i think that's something that i've noticed too um working with moms like kind of like that shame of uh of even like their mothers and their parents you know because they're still children as well yes, like kind of yes. like oh yeah my kid you know got pregnant it's like okay you know that like I said, like my my mom gave birth, you know, when she was 16 years old. And like I said, their, our, my grandmother started giving birth at 16 years old and so on and so forth. So what is what truly is the issue here? Yes, we want to make sure like we want I get it wanting to have your make sure that your kids are on stable foundation and wanting them to be kids. But you know, stuff happens, <laughs> you know, stuff is going to happen and you can't really, you know, control them. So you, last thing, the thing that's not going to benefit anyone is making someone feel bad about their decision and what they've done with whatever choices that they make with their life, you know, and especially with the child, because a child should be a celebration. It shouldn't be something to yes. feel bad about. Well, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think everybody's um, journey is different, you know. If, you know, and it's like I said, you know, these things happen, you know, you, you think everybody's asleep and, you know, everybody's just having a nice quiet evening and then you have a conversation like, hey, I'm preggy. Um, you know, just as a, as a father, you know, and as a parent, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that's going to catch you off guard, but nature does happen, you know, and um, uh, good God, you know, I mean, if, if one of my girls came to me with that, you know, um, hey, we, we have to assume this as a family, you know, please don't get rid of my grandchild, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I now that, and that's a whole nother topic as well is, um, you know, you look at the, the pro-life argument and all the different things that have occurred, you know, I, 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 I ultimately want to avoid um, exterminating um, any life. I do. I, I walk around the cockroach, um, you know, a duck is walking, you know, in the middle of the street, I drive around it, you know, and especially with a human life, I, I don't want it to go anywhere. But, um, you know, I also understand that as a man, I have no right to speak on or give an opinion on anything that a woman does with her body whatsoever. Um, but ideally if we can, and we can preserve this based on circumstances, I would love to, and, um, you know, let's get together as a tribe and, and let's bring this life in and, and really edify him. You know, you look at Africa and you look at our spirituality, it takes a tribe, you know, it takes a village to raise a warrior. It takes a, a village to raise a queen, you know, and a king and all these different concepts, you know, this is, these are things that came in the new world. And, and, you know, you look at what is the motivation behind this shame what is the motivation behind this stigma um because you know and not to get into you know too many particulars but it might be focused on a particular demographic that that's trying to you know ultimately you know be destroyed or imploded when 
it's like you said, I mean, people didn't last as long beforehand. You know, our life expectancy now is, you know, they're pretty much saying we'll, we'll make it to the 80s, you know, if we make some sound health decisions. Back then, you were lucky if you made it to 50, 60, I don't know, 40. So people were like, what are we waiting for? Maybe, you know, the cost of living wasn't as much. The strains um, weren't as much on the family and the home. I mean, to be able to you know, provide in a way where, you know, your significant other is able to stay home and, and function or, you know, also provide from home. These are all luxuries, but before it wasn't as strenuous. So, um, you know, you, you begin to wonder what is the motivation behind this propaganda and, you know, this false shaming and whatnot. It, it's, it's a woman expressing herself and ultimately giving us the greatest wealth and, and luxury we have, which is, um, which is a legacy, which is children. So, it's definitely something to be celebrated, like you state. So um, as, as far as the fundraiser, what are the specifics on that? How can people provide? How can people donate? How can people possibly get involved? Um, what are the specifics so that, you know, people can, 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 can do that? Um, so on our website, shinetogether.org, um, we should be able to, there should be a donation button um, on our website. Um, and pretty much donate whatever you can. Um, even if it's a dollar, a dollar, a dollar helps. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, just go onto our website and, um, yeah, you'll be able to access that. Now, as far as the organization, um, what direction are you guys going in? Are there any new things, um, coming up, um, as far as things you guys are going to be incorporated, you know, is the course uh, or the caseload to the point where, you know, you guys are pretty much just focusing on what you have right now. Um, any, anything other than the, the the fundraiser going on within the near future we definitely um been talking about also working with fathers just because you know we nice. do you know at the end of the day we want to make sure that you know if if our moms are with the um the father of the child that we want to like work Beautiful. with them together you know and we even seeing with our single dads that need and um those resources and the resources are usually not there for them because they are usually focused on the moms yes. so you know we want to make sure that you know anyone who's able to take care of a child and who, who has that need is taken care of so that is something that we're working on in the future i really love that and i really hope that happens i'd, I'd be a huge advocate for that because I tell you, you know, a, a man, the man's experience is incomparable to the woman's. We don't carry around a child. We don't go through that kind of pain. Like, we, we will never understand. But, you know, on the other side of the quarter, um, the, the single male father experience, I, I couldn't even imagine it. I thank God that me and my wife are so harmonious and so compatible because, you know, um, the idea of being a single father really is it, pretty terrifying. It's pretty terrifying because, you know, there's certain nuances, especially if you have a daughter, you know, there's certain nuances that as a man, you really look um, for those confirmations with your wife, how to do this, you know, what's the best way to do something, you know, you're constantly seeking that counsel. I think that's why there's so many Instagram reels of, you know, um, dads asking questions or, you know, the dad dressed the girl like this because, you know, we're, we're just trying to you know, make sure we don't mess up, you know, so the idea that there's gentlemen out there who are going through that alone um, is really saddening to me, because there's some really good men out there, um, and, you know, um, I, I think it is important that they have that outlet as well, because, you know, the male mental health um, situation in this country, I, I think it could be so much better, especially by nature, the male is taught to hold things in, be resilient, be stoic, be a rock, 
And um, there are so many feelings that go through that because, you know, they've even done studies that show, you know, how our hormones change when we have children and how much more emotional we become. I think it's so key to, to have resources for those gentlemen as well because, um, you know, it's, it's a wild fraternity, you know, being a father, you know. It's, and, you know, it's like the other day, um, you know, I had a moment with a dad. We just – we were doing the same thing. I think we were readjusting a stroller or something, and we were like, stay strong, dad. You know what I'm saying? It's just – it's a fraternity. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to uplift those brothers as well, especially the ones that want to be there um, for their children and be with that woman and um, – I think there's there's nothing more honorable. So I get a little emotional there because it's 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 the most gratifying thing, but it can be very taxing. Um, the idea of going through it alone. So um, yeah, that that's really wonderful. So Ashley, um, what are what are your next steps? You know, 2024 is upon us. Um, what are some of your goals? You know, the ones you'd like to at least uh, publicly express. Um, you know, what are what are we trying to do this upcoming year? What's new for you? Um, honestly, just keep, you know, definitely, um, when it comes to espiritismo, um, just because that's really been something that I've been like honing in and focusing in on, um, trying to, you know, continue my development with that and, um, making sure that, um, oh, my health for sure. Like trying to like take care of myself way more. I'm definitely a little bit of a hermit. So I like definitely need to like make some resolutions to just go out, have some fun. You know, it's okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, just that's pretty much it. Just really just take care of myself and try to take care of the people who I love and, you know, Beautiful. And, and before we get into things going full circle, could you explain the tapestry that's behind you? I've been looking at it all interview. Oh, it, no, it looks very interesting. I think there's some legs. Yes. Um, it's just of four women. Ooh. I knew those were lady legs. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> a couple of female Orishas back there. You got Oya. You got a, you got a daughter of a goong back there. Maybe you got a Yemaya priestess. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> What's the history? What's the story on that one? That's beautiful honestly not there wasn't again when I bought it I just liked it but yeah. going into that though um I noticed that when in some of my dreams I do have four women in my dreams a lot um wow. that have reoccurred so I definitely think um when I got this that was spirit kind of like telling me to get it <laughs> like and like having them represented so no it's got some good energy it's definitely a power a power piece and you know you just at the end of the day regardless if it was two three four or five you know when you see a bunch of you know aligned um you know value recognizing sisters um together you know great things happen so i think it's a commemoration of our conversation and ifan general being the the first spirituality to empower women and people of all walks of life and helping them understand through our divine feminine faith that there is no limits for the woman, there is no limits for the mother, there is no limits for the man who aligns himself with women such as this. And I, I think it's a, a beautiful message and, and that you're spreading, a, a wonderful service that you're providing, and I, I think it's going to positively affect lives. And if enough people do what you're doing, we'll be able to you know, make even more of a difference. So I, I just want to commend you, and if you have any final words um, for our community, um, you're more than welcome right now. Any advice or anything you'd like to state? 
Um, one thing that you had said when it came to like um, just men in general being like, um, or having to hold things in. And it kind of made me think of like, well, man, that's, that's really true. And a lot of the times, you know, we don't, we you usually ignore men's emotions and we don't allow men to express themselves or be, or let them cry or let them just be vulnerable, you know? And so, um, you know, definitely, you know, expressing that. And I definitely want to make sure that, you know, my great nephew, he he understands this too. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay. Just because you're a man doesn't make you any less of a man to having emotion. It actually makes you a better man because you don't turn that, that, that those negative emotions don't turn into anger, you know? So um, I guess, you know, my my message to the community would just be like, allow everybody, we are all human and we are all need to, um, to feel. So, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I tell you, he's, he's very lucky to have you. And I tell you, the, um, you know, I remember, uh, you know, because I'm a son of Oshun, I've let out some good cries, you know, and uh, um, when my daughter, when my daughter was born, I'll never forget, I cried from the moment she came out to like the moment the nurse visited us when we were already in the room. And I remember a nurse came up to me and said, um, are you okay? Cause they thought I was going to pass out, you know, but oh, yeah, the poor thing, she was cut in half. And, um, you know, I just, I, I couldn't contain myself. And I remember, you know, I told her, I said, I've never been this happy in my whole life. And she said, there's nothing more powerful than a man who can wear his tears. Um, and I'll never forget that. So, um, I, I commend you. I thank you. And, um, you know, I, I tell you that you're, you're the people you're advocating for are in good hands, knowing the, the human being you are. And um, I think through your spirituality, through your experiences and, and, and your dedication to this cause, I expect wonderful things, Mihala. So I really appreciate the conversation and you being a, a wonderful representant, representative of our, our faith at this time, especially to that demographic, which is so important to us. So thank you. Thank you, Lala. Guess what, guys? Ah, uh, play it. It's that time again to where we get to show some shout-outs to the members of our community who also show love for this channel. We love you and we appreciate you. That's right. So if you guys want to join our channel, it's real simple. There's a little button right under this video that says join. We have three separate tiers that offer three different um, perks and that take you guys get. And take advantage of it. I mean, Ashley is a member and she has her episode. So please, you know, guys, uh, if you want to be on an episode on this channel, join the membership program. Or if you're in the membership program, let us know and we'll get you on. That's right. Okay, guys. So here we go. Shout out to the VIPs. We got Joel... Despradel, he's new. Joel, thank you for joining. Welcome. All right, we got DeShady. That's Shady. new. Nice. All right, shout out to Juju Ogunda Yakun. Ogunda Yakun, yes. Yeah. Shout out to the Ramirez Dynasty. Oh, yeah. All right, we got some super fans here. We got shout outs to James Gatabaki. Thank you, James. Shout out to Mama Magical. This is their eighth month with wow. us. Wow, thank you, Mama. Shout out to Dr. Valerie Adenchi. Thank you so much. And shout out to Lawrence. Lawrence, thank you. Yeah. Well, there we go, guys. 
Well, a couple closing thoughts uh, before we go ahead and disconnect, guys. New shirts out. Be sure to visit. Well, Donnie oh. got candles and more. We got some new drip. I got a hook fill up. You Wait, so we can, we can order that on the website? Absolutely, yeah. There's going to be links by the video, all this, uh, all, all that right. stuff. Uh, you know, spiritual needs, products, services, all those things can be handled on the website. We mentioned the membership program. Um, definitely check out the podcast audio if you're unable to watch sometimes. It's doing very well. Yeah. Um, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe. And until next time, guys, see the light. Yes.